there, traveler! Why don't you take a break from browsing through your podcast backlog to join us here at Applied Dungeoneering, which is my favorite actual play D&D podcast out right now. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm the lucky guy who gets to run the game for his friends today. Joining me as always are said friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. How you doing, bro? How was your uh, homemade microwaved chicken meal tonight? This this is a chicken? Is that what that is? I, I, I guess so. I don't know. You're the one who cooked it. Yeah, it is a chicken. I, I just like to play hardball sometimes, you know. Makes me feel important. Well, I'm a, I'm a little concerned because we also have Janelle here who is also eating Daniel's microwaved uh, meals tonight. Uh, would you say it's better than his actual cooking or just as dubious? Well, for this microwave meal, it's labeled. So, uh, I mean, I feel pretty safe with that one. Um, there's other stuff. Normally, it's pretty good, at least the end part that I see. So I'll keep my ignorance and just be happy that I'm getting fed. It's just bad for you. It's the only thing. It's just <laughs> very, very bad for you. Everything I cook, it's all butter and sugar. It tastes good. Well, while we're while we're talking about food, we also have Joel here. Uh, Joel, have you uh, have you eaten yet today, bro? What do you mean by today? Like, I mean, have you have you eaten within a forty eight hour period? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Forty eight hours ago, I would say. Well, I, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I, but I'm not. AJ, you're not going to let me down. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Are you going gonna to brag about your, your Cracker Barrel meal again, Mr. Living the High Life over here? All I'm saying is that catfish and hash brown casserole, you can't go wrong, and you're wasting your time forgetting anything else. That's all I'm saying. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. I will fight you. I will absolutely fight you. No, you won't, because you know I'm right. Uh no, hey, hang on. hey, pause the podcast, AJ. I am, I, I'm, I'm gonna come up there and I'm gonna shove their meatloaf down your gullet so that you understand not breakfast food. What your priority should be? Bre- catfish? catfish for breakfast and hash brown casserole. We need to have a meeting after this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, catfish pancakes are pretty good. Thank you. Oh my god. Guys, we promise we wouldn't say anything controversial on the podcast, okay? <laughs> I'm not denying that more countries eat fish for breakfast than don't. So we're cutting this whole bit out, right? Because I have yet to introduce Nate. Oh, We just cut out Nate's part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that way we're just uh, reacting to someone that's not even here. All right, well, AJ, I hope you feel good about yourself because some of us are less fortunate. We have uh, our final cast member over here, Nate, the silent lurker, who is probably eating another bowl of ramen noodles. Listen, I keep telling you guys, peak performance and peak efi- it requires peak efficiency. If you cook your ramen, it wastes time. You got to eat it dry and in chunks while you do your work. That way, you can have your hands clean while you type the whole time. Also, boiling water is expensive. It is. It costs, you know, a few pennies to boil my water while uh, ramen only costs 30 cents. Got a budget. Are you guys okay? Like, be <laughs> honest. Are we all okay? <laughs> the food the food <laughs> habits in this group are oh my goodness this is just wild i took the pledge of the cs life it comes to sacrifices yeah i mean sometimes you just gotta not eat i mean i haven't eaten since lunch and i'm feeling great yeah daniel not all of us can afford to throw piles of money at food you know 
Joel, out of everybody, you're probably doing I perfectly fine. <laughs> well, anyway, our food habits aside, <laughs> how's everyone doing today? Uh, great. I'm excited. Pretty good. I just finished eating the bullion packet. Ooh. Oh, my goodness, Nate. Oh, my god. That's the best part. It's a, the little treat afterwards, well, right? I think the it best is. part about this is D&D, so I think we should get to that. Yep, I agree with AJ. How's it going? You know, a Sunday with a little whipped cream on the top with some bouillon. Josh, save us. They call it the desert gusher. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I was curious about how everyone was doing. I wanted to catch up a little bit, see how my friends are doing. But you know what? I've completely lost interest now. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure our audience has lost interest as well. So I think I'm just going to hurry up and get the episode started before they remove our episode and never come back. Woo! <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a mess. It's, it is a mess, but it's our mess. It's our mess. It's wonderful. Bless this mess. Oh, my gosh. Bless this mess. <laughs> Hi, y'all. I just want to let you know, that no matter how hard your life is being right now, you just got to remember, bless this mess. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you know, one of these days when we're big and we have all these listeners, our intros will be spot on every time. And it'll be... Yep. Because that's how the real world works. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine. It was good. It was good, Josh. <laughs> no, we'll, we're going to leave all this in. I think this. I think the, the comedy comes from the self-awareness. <laughs> so let's just jump right into things. So there was a lot that happened last episode. So I'm going to give us a quick recap before we dive into things. Our little ragtag team of adventurers arrived in the Trey town of Brimpton looking for an audience with Lady Hecate, the Marchioness of the area. However, your journey has been temporarily put on hold while your companion, Laszlo, finds a way to get into her court. So our heroes decide to visit the local tavern to find a drunken farmer named Rolf, whose cattle had escaped in episode one. Once in town, Gunnar and Theo thought the best way to get information from the crowd was to engage in a musical number that did draw in some people, but quickly earned you the ire of the town's existing performers who did not like it one bit when you just jumped in and took their audience away from them. While all of this was going on, Jasper befriended a young boy, but in doing so, he also earned the ire of the boy's concerned father, but this was more due to the father's fear of Jasper being a strange metal man and not due to any wrongdoing on Jasper's part. At the same time, Vez and Aegon searched for the local inn called the Marble Throne. And once the rest of the party caught up, they led the way inside and engaged in conversation with the proprietor of the inn. After you confirmed that our missing farmer was neither in his fields or at the tavern, you left for his home to speak to his wife out of the goodness of your hearts without any extra reward or recognition for your deeds but before you left a nervous serving girl secretly pulled vez aside and warned her that people have been disappearing lately usually for a few days at a time before they come back with no memory of the events that have transpired while they were missing so we are going to jump right back into the action the late morning sun illuminates the street as you begin to head for the entrance of the town Gunner's still feeling a little queasy after losing all that milk from chugging that big ol' uh, tankard and just throwing it up in the street. 
I didn't really see Gunner as the kind of guy who'd take part in the milk gallon challenge, but <laughs> here we are now. Well, Mama did not raise no quitter. <laughs> oh, Gunner. Oh, it's, that's on my shoe. It's getting chunky. I hate it. <laughs> Theo picks Gunner up and just continues to carry him to the entrance. There, there. Luckily, the streets are pretty uh, clear right now. Most people are either in the market square selling their goods or they are outside of the town, like wheeling their goods in towards the, the market square. So it's not like you're trying to push past too many people. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy for you. I think we're going to head towards Farmer Ralph's house then, right? That was kind of the decision. Yeah, it was just on the other side of town, right? It, was, it wasn't too far away? Yeah. It was like a 15, 20-minute walk? Yeah, it's like it's like outside of the town. Oh, outside, right, right, right. Yeah, it's their farmer, so their little house is in the, kind of the fields area. Gotcha. Um, do we decide to leave the cart behind? Is that what we did? It's at the stable, right? We already paid for it, so we might as well. <laughs> right, and it's, only, it's not that far of a walk. Okay, and then... Yeah, I just took my, my great axe and stuff like that. Yeah, we had a very long bit where everyone talked about what they were taking. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, so at least we... now we can reference that if we ever wonder what you guys have with you. <laughs> yep, and we all remember what those things are. Totally. Very much so. Mm-hmm. It's okay, I've got notes. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. I just like to say that. Awesome. So as you guys are walking by, you can smell like the the town squares you kind of skirt around the edge to avoid the crowd you know you can smell the livestock and the the grain and everything kind of wafting this way with with the warm late morning breeze and as you're walking what's everyone's passive perception scores 12 11 10 for me mine is also 10 12 all right, everyone who got an 11 or higher hears something from behind, like uh, further down the street, something getting knocked over. And when you turn around to look, you see the serving girl from the tavern standing next to a formerly stacked pile of crates that she accidentally sent tumbling while she was following you. And now she is standing there with a very sheepish look on her face. And... Doesn't really seem to know what to do with herself. Theo, you can put me down now. No, but you might blow chunks on my shoes again. This way I can, like, point you towards things. No, I, I, I think the way your shoulder is digging into my stomach is making me blow chunks. Please put me down. Okay, okay. Lowers you down from this high pedestal, about six foot high, etc. Because you're tiny. I'm saying you're tiny. Uh, why is that woman uh, following us? Does anyone recognize her? Um, she did talk to me and tell me that people were just sort of like disappearing and then they'd come back a couple of days later and not remember anything. Um, I'll go talk to her though and <laughs> I proceed to go <laughs> over to her. So while you guys were talking, she had uh, begun to like slowly back away, but then when Vez starts coming over she just stands still and she looks kind of kind of scared actually i wouldn't say scared i'd say more nervous um 
Hello again. I was just wondering why you're following us. Uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not following you. Then where are you going? Uh, um, and she, she looks really flustered. Um, you, you, di- you didn't pay for your drinks. Oh. How much was it? <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Okay, so you followed us out here to tell us that we owe money, but not how much money we owe. She gives her, like, a suspicious look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good cover, dude. <laughs> Smooth. So, do you want to tell me why you're really following us, or are we just going to make this really awkward and, like, stare at each other as the rest of my friends come and then also proceed to stare at you? Because that's what's going to happen. We're not very good with social cues. I'm just going to let you know that. Yeah, so she uh, she continues to stand there and make it awkward and stare at you while the rest of your friends come up and continue to stare awkwardly at her as well. <laughs> can I do like an insight check to see if I can, I don't know, figure anything out at this point about this girl? Yeah, give me, give me an insight check. So just roll, add your, add your wisdom to that. Whee. Okay, that was an 11 on the die, and my wisdom. So that is going to be a 13. 13, okay. She definitely seems really nervous, and she is not telling the truth about anything. Like, you get get a very strong feeling that she is being dishonest with you. What is the problem here? I think maybe we should start from the beginning, because maybe we're just off on the wrong foot or something here. What is your name? Um, no, I, 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 I should just go. Or you could tell me your name. And she, she turns around, she starts walking away. You're, she, like, Vez's getting louder now. She's like, so you're going to follow us all the way out here, stare at us awkwardly, and then you won't even tell me your name. Oh. She's purposely making a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I said earlier, the streets are pretty thin right now. There aren't a whole lot of people, so there's a there's a farmer who just kind of stops and stares at more at you because you're the, the one shouting. Yeah. And there's a there's a cat that meows at you, and that's about it. It's the only response you get. The serving girl continues to just walk away, and she rounds the corner. <laughs> Wait, you dropped something. Uh, and I, it I'd doesn't like... work on her. Oh, I can't make a deception check. If, if, if you want to get a session check, sure. Okay. She might be too embarrassed to look back. <laughs> it's 14. Okay, she doesn't come back. Okay. You don't know, maybe it worked. And maybe she's just too awkward to come back. That's fair. What did she drop? Maybe I can take it back. No, F- F- Theo. <laughs> it worked on Theo. <laughs> <laughs> he starts getting down his hands like, I think, is it small? I found a penny. Uh, wait, oh, I found oh, a oh, Theo, it is, it is very small. It is your brain no! that you dropped. What? Wait, Gunna, are you... Is this the sar... Uh, sarcasm? You're an idiot. Theo, get up. You're an idiot. Come on. Well, I don't like it's that tone. I'm sorry. I know. You, you, you helped me earlier. I shouldn't be so mean. This is why I don't think I, ha- I have enough friends, because sometimes I'm very nice... And other times, I can be kind of aggressive. I know it's a bit much. Let's start over. So the the farmer comes up behind Aegon and kind of looks over his shoulder and 
uh, kind of nudges Aegon and says, uh, bad breakup. See a lot of those. It's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. My, my ally here just saw, said she saw somebody and came back to speak with her. Ah, uh, well, she was seeing someone, I guess. Sad times. Well, I pr- I'll pray to the Sovereign that she finds someone new. <laughs> Thank you, child. Solemn, with a solemn look, he turns and walks off. Oh. Streets are now completely empty, except for the cat, which is now batting at Jasper's dangly robes. <laughs> yeah, Vez just overhearing, like, the farmer just kind of, like, stares off into the distance and, like, blinks a couple of times. <laughs> Clearly annoyed, <laughs> but moves on with her life. <laughs> um, well, that was not helpful. She was clearly lying, but I'm not going to, like, chase after her or anything right now. I don't know. Unless someone feels very strongly about that, I think we need to keep going. Yes, perhaps we should just keep a closer eye out on our surroundings. Jasper, I noticed you have a little friend at your feet. I've been trying to get this pest off of me. But it's, it's a little kitty. No, it tears things up as Jasper just quickly tries to like move the cat away and it probably comes back and he's moving it back. No. It's getting more and more aggressive every time you try to deny it attention. <laughs> oh. Jasper just gives up and slouches down his shoulders and just lets the cat tear up his cloak, basically. <laughs> it, start, it starts kneading your cloak. Like, just gets up on its legs and just... Aww, it's so cute. Uh, My good doggy, Tuo, notices uh, the opportunity and goes over and pees on the cloak as well. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Jasper, he likes you. (laughs) Disrespectful. The cat uh, arches its back, hisses, and runs off. (laughs) Tuo almost goes after him, but wants to hang next to Jasper, his new claim. Cat, pretty, pretty well trained. Come back. You're better. <laughs> <laughs> Chuo starts growling. He heard that. <laughs> Bad boy. So, as, as you guys are standing there, and as uh, Jasper mourns his uh, soiled cloak, um, Gunner, you turn around and your heart sinks when you see a familiar face coming through the crowd, accompanied by a small group of people. It is the dwarf. That you gave attitude to last episode. Oh, crap. The performer who told you to stop, and I don't remember exactly what you said, but... It wasn't nice. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't very nice. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Gunner was concerned that he was going to come steal his leg for some reason. Yeah, and so he's he's coming, and he has two other uh, street performers with him. One of them's a big, muscly guy, and the other guy's kind of thin and dweeby-looking, uh, but they are looking right at you, and they are walking your direction. Gunner is just white in the face. Um, um, guys, um, I, I, I think that, um, we should turn around and just leave and never come back. Well, hello! Ah! The dwarf steps forward. Hey! <clears throat> How's it going? I see, I see you have, a uh, yourself, uh, a group of friends now. Very, very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You see, you see this guy? So the, the dwarf looks, he looks over at the big burly guy and he says, this here? 
is Bonebreaker. This guy over here, he motions to the thin guy, is Twig. And uh, we are uh, here to teach you a lesson about respect. Friendship. <laughs> uh, if by friendship you mean uh, kicking your knees, then yes. Oh, phew, my, my fears have come true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the big burly guy pulls out a, a club and he smacks in his hand a few times and the, the thin guy tries to look tough by cracking his knuckles and he hurts himself <laughs> and has to shake the pain out of his hand. Josh, can I ask you a question? Um, yes. How big is the burly guy? Can you just get a, get a rough estimate? Like, uh, Probably about as big as you. Okay. Theo slowly starts to get up from the ground, uh, stopping his search for something that's really small, size of somebody's brain, apparently. <laughs> but he, he does so slowly when he gets to his full height as well. Looks at Bonebreaker, looks at Twig. Well, friends, we were about to head out soon. I don't see why we would need to learn anything. I wasn't really good in school myself. Um, um, Twig, Twig steps forward and he says, Well, then, you best head out now and leave your friend here. We'll take good care of him. Or I could take you with us. And tries to like look real uh, intimidating and looks him right in the eye. Bonebreaker steps forward and says, that's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 do, I don't think so. Um, your friend here disrespected me, and uh, I think he has to pay the price. You, you don't mess with the guild. Can I take a rain check? <laughs> Another time? We're a bit busy. If by rain check you mean blood, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that voice. At this point, after being now very annoyed for being stopped again for, in her mind, really no reason, (laughs) Vez looks down at the ground, kind of avoiding her compatriots, fancies up her face, and, like, really lays on, like, the charm and beauty when they, like, out of their eyesight, Um, Mm -hmm. and then goes up in front of the boys and looks up at the guys so you're using your changeling yes. change shape yeah. ability. Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically one of the more attractive humans that she's seen, or half-elves that she's seen, she's replicating that face. So then she goes up in front of them, making sure to, to her best ability, keeping her friends to her back so they can't see the change in her face. Um, And she's laying it on. <laughs> um, Gentlemen... Would you mind just letting my friend go just this one time? I know, I know that he's been an asshole to you. And I'm so sorry. Shut up. And I said shut up. And I am so sorry about that. And trust me, he will pay for it in the long run. He's going to have to walk and carry all the heavy things. Fia will unintentionally step on him consistently as he always does. Would you mind, please, just this one time, letting us go? I would really appreciate that. And she, like, blinks a little bit too much, as people do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, give me me a persuasion check. (laughs) Come on, Janelle. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, That was an 18 on the die, plus four. 22. Okay, the the bigger guy, uh, Bonebreaker, is like, well, I, I think we should we should do that. 
She seems real nice. And uh, Twig's like, "Oh well, yeah, actually, uh, I'd hate to hit a, I'd hate to hit a lady. So maybe we, uh, maybe we should, maybe we should go." And the the dwarf looks at both of them and says, "What, what, what do you mean? No, but boss, I think we should just, we should just go." No. And he looks incredulously up at Vez and he says, "Just who do you think you are? Seriously." Hey, uh, Josh. What? So are would, would you? Do you think that now that they're kind of thinking of leaving, would you say that their guard is down at all? <laughs> oh God! Yes, I'd I'd say their guard is down. Oh, Gunner, I think Gunner is going to. Um, I'm not sure how our little group is positioned exactly, but I imagine like Gunner maybe wants to kind of look like he's shrinking away a little bit from the situation. But then as soon as the dwarf like takes his eyes off of Gunner and onto Vez, uh, Gunner wants to just straight up deck him in the face. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay, well that's going to call for an initiative roll, but you will surprise oh, him. Oh god. Yeah. Gunner, why? We so guys, roll for initiative. Oh, no. We are our own worst enemy. <laughs> I worked so hard, <laughs> so hard for this, and you blew yeah, it. Yeah, but we haven't had a combat yet, and Gunner's not going to take this shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's about to piss himself two seconds ago. Yeah. I'm going to let him take your knees out. You know what? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're going to be on your own for a minute here, bub. From a six. Yeah. Oh God. You know my favorite part about your guys' uh, problem-solving abilities is you consistently undo each other's yeah. progress. <laughs> hey, but it works. I'm out. sensing a theme. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> God. Jeez. Come on, guys. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta play it up for the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is great. That's a great excuse. Good job, Gunny. Friggin' okay, weasel. Okay, so Daniel, you do surprise them. So you get to go in this first round, but nobody else really gets to do anything. So I can't call it a surprise round because technically it's not, but it's close enough. So Gunner. Okay. So give me that, uh, that juicy attack roll. Okay. So I think, yeah, what? Yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to stick to what I said. Gunner is just going to straight up try and punch him. Because I think that I think that makes more sense in this scenario. Well, it wouldn't have mattered either way. That. Well, I don't know. Let's see. That's a ten. You got a ten. Um, yeah. That is going to be a hit because he is just wearing regular clothing. Oh, thank God. Wow, oh God. I punched him. So that's one damage. <laughs> yeah, no, no strength modifier for you. No. So you go out and you punch him. And he just shakes his head and looks at you, and his uh, face darkens. And he says, that was a very bad move. There's more of where that came from. And then Gunner is going to um, activate his special little secret he's been hiding. Since his, uh, at some point, whenever Gunner was pissing himself, his fight or flight instincts kicked in. And you notice that, uh, all of a sudden, his his fangs started to, to kind of become a bit more pronounced, and the hair on his body started to build up a little bit more. And his uh, 
Maybe his brow has got a little bushier, his hair becomes a bit more wild, and he shifts into his shifter form. Ooh, he's embracing the power of the hunt. Embracing the power of the hunt. Yes, which um, uh, it's bonus action. I take on a more bestial appearance This in this transformation. I gain some temporary hit points. In this case, I gain two. Uh, my walking speed increases by 10 feet. Uh, and additionally, I can move up to 10 feet as reaction when a creature ends its turn within five feet of me. Uh, this reactive movement doesn't provoke an, uh, any opportunity attacks. Oh, nice. Yep. So yeah, you enter into your shifter form and the, the dwarf's eyes widen just a little bit. Um, but he's still reeling for a fight. Yeah. And then I think after that, Gunner um, pulls out one of his short swords and he says, you better run. <laughs> okay. So now we go back to the top of the initiative order. And we're going to start with Vez. Your buddy just tried to clock this guy in the face. And now the three of them look like they're rearing for a fight. She's just upset. <laughs> <laughs> She, like, gives Gunner, like, a side-eye that if looks could kill, he would be dead sort of deal, you know? Gunner, why are you like this? And she pulls her staff out from, I guess, well, she's probably walking with it, actually, so she just puts it up. From her pocket. Just, yep, from her pocket, <laughs> just pulls the staff out. Um, and knowing that there's really, at this point, only one way out of this situation, she attempts to lay down a good smack on this dwarf in front of her. Okay, so you're going to try to hit the dwarf. That is going to be 16. That will definitely hit. Okay. And then four damage, and then she's going to also use her special ability to basically just, she gets to hit again. So. Oh, all right. You're going to channel your inner key energy and give him another smack. My, yeah, unarmed strike. Okay, so this is like with your leg then, not with your staff. It could be with my staff, with my fist, whatever. But it was a one, so it misses, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you smack him with your staff, but then that blow sends him reeling, so then your follow-up attack is just a little bit off and he stumbles away from it. And in response to that, the uh, thin man says, oh, that, that wasn't very very good. Uh, sorry to have to do this. And uh, he is going to um, try to clock Vez in the face. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow, that is going to be a 19 to hit. Rip, yep. I swear to so God, if I go down again because of your stupid ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's going to punch her in the, the face for one damage. <laughs> you got this. Yep. And uh, then he is going to duck up behind his dwarven ally to avoid an opportunity attack. And he's going to move 10 feet away to get out of the middle of the fight. Then we're on to Aegon's turn. Okay. Uh, well, Aegon doesn't necessarily want to be part of a fight where his ally's the aggressor. Because he, he thought Vez kind of had all this 
all this handled. And uh, she did, but you he de- know, he definitely doesn't want to vaporize anybody with his magic. <laughs> so I think that he's just going to step back a few steps and watch this all play out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> all right, sounds good. And um, the dwarf is going to go next, and he's going to look up uh, at Gunner in his new shifter form, and he's going to say, "Well." Looks like I've just got bigger teeth to break out then. And he is going to pull out his own club and he is going to swing it at you as hard as he can. That is going to be a 10 to hit. That'll miss. So he swings at you and with your newfound speed, you just step out of the way and he hits air. And he just kind of looks like wheels around to look at you and just bares his teeth in frustration. And then we have Jasper. Jasper's just going to shoot a firebolt at the dwarf. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Okay. So he is is behind Gunner. So he's going to have an additional two to his AC because you're going to try to avoid hitting your ally. Yep. That's a 21. That'll hit. Oh, no. no, He's going to die. Oh, no. Hopefully. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's only two damage, though. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so you blast him, and uh, a big portion of it catches his side and burns away some of his robe and uh, singes his flesh, and he grasps at it and says, Oh, my robe! You have destroyed my robe! I know how that feels. (laughs) One robe is important to them. Then he's not okay. All right, so then we are on to the big guy who is going to take his club. He's going to step forward. And he is going to try to hit Gunner. Now, he has a pack tactics ability. So since Gunner is adjacent to his ally, the dwarf, he has advantage on his attack against Gunner. Oh, damn. So he's going to swing his club. And that is going to be a 17 to hit you. Yeah, that'll do it. All right, and that's going to be four bludgeoning damage to you. Oof. And then he's going to swing around for a second attack. Oh, crap. Oh, damn. Good, good. Yep. <laughs> and that is going to be a 21 to hit you. Yeah, I'd say so. And that is going to be five bludgeoning damage. Owie. So he swings at you and he says, yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, since the creature ends its turn next to me, Gunner is going to use his uh, Swift Hide Shifter ability to move uh, 10 feet as a reaction, and that does not provoke an opportunity attack. Okay, so Gunner just books it and ducks (laughs) behind Vez. (laughs) Such a brave man. She's really, you know, like, she was really trying to make this friendship work, but the more stupid shit he does, it's making it really hard. Gunner says, <laughs> Gunner says with a, with a bloody face, yeah, we, we got him on Zoran. <laughs> All right, it's Theo's turn. Oh, my God. Theo is just flabbergasted. He's he's never been in this, in this situation before where he's been the sort of aggressor in this whole thing, and he's he's just so shocked he didn't expect any of this. Then Jasper's coming out of nowhere trying to kill people, it looks like. So he turns back. Jasper, dude, calm down. <laughs> I just... I'm just pacifying the situation. It just might be a little bit more permanent. No, no permanent. <laughs> <laughs> Temporary. Just go with Aegon. He turns around and, and 
uh, remembers that Vez got punched in the face. Gunner sort of deserved it, but Vez didn't. She looks back towards them and says, Not again! He starts to, he bonus action rages, <laughs> runs up, and then goes to just drop kick the, uh, the dwarf dude. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, what can I, what can I do there? So that's, uh, Josh, what, what kind of, uh, attack is a drop kick? <laughs> that would be an unarmed attack, so. No. <laughs> Well, he uh, he has all kinds of bonuses. That probably will do it. Okay. Okay, so it's just a d20 plus strength. Yep. Okay. Um, no. actually, just a regular one. attack roll. Nope. Hang. Yeah. Hang on. It's one. Timeout. Um, it is. Uh, uh, all characters are proficient with their unarmed strikes, so AJ would also be able to add his proficiency. Oh, killer. Oh, sorry. That's that's what I thought he was saying. It's a regular attack roll. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I I did not think that, but now I do. So thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here goes my drop kick. That is a 21 to kick. That will hit. Yes. So that's one plus strength plus rage. That is five damage. All right, so you run forward and you drop kick this guy with a thud. And he just stumbles backwards and he is out like a light. <laughs> He, uh, he uses the rest of his movement to stand back up. He's down! Back off! We're leaving! Now, was was that non-lethal damage or lethal damage? Oh, no, he's just trying to kick him in the chest or something. He wasn't trying to, like, take his head off or anything. You have to, you have to, I mean, no, AJ, what I'm asking is you have to tell me if you're dealing lethal or non-lethal damage when you drop somebody. Ah, sorry. It's non-lethal. He's just trying to knock the wind out of him. Okay, sweet. So you run, charge forward. He's down. And the other two guys look down at him and then look back up at you guys. And the thin guy looks like he wants to run, but the big guy is just, like, still rearing for a fight. You haven't even touched him yet. Okay. Theo stands up with the rest of his movement. He's down! Back off! And that's his turn. All right. So then we're back to Gunner. Uh, so Gunner is going to look at Bonebreaker. And the big he's- guy, yeah. Yeah, and he's going to start chanting something, uh, almost like a magical enchantment, one would say. And he's going to cast Dissonant Whispers on this fellow. Oh, no. So uh, how about you go ahead and give me a wisdom saving throw, and I'll tell you what happens. Well, he got a 14. Ah, damn. Okay, well. Nothing happens. (laughs) Your whispers don't bother me. Well, he's still going to take damage, but it's not nearly as fun. So what does Dissonant Whispers do, Daniel? Um, so Dissonant Whispers, you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. The creature doesn't move into obviously danger. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous ground, such as a fire or a pit. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and doesn't have to move away. A deafened creature automatically see- succeeds on the save. So that would have been nine psych- psychic damage, but half round down. That's four psychic damage. Okay, he stumbles back for a second, grasping his head. 
but it didn't seem like it did too much to him. Oh no, that's not good. Um, and then very quickly, uh, Gunnar leans forward and says to Vez, I know you got this. You can do it. <laughs> it's almost like more magical words just come out of his mouth as all of a sudden uh, Gunnar gives Vez a bardic inspiration. Ooh. What does that do? Oh, man. Getting all this good text, all this good content. Bardic inspiration. It's a first level bard feature. Uh, you can inspire others through stirring words or music. To do so, you use a bonus action on your turn to choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet of you who can hear you. That creature gains one bardic inspiration die, a d6. Once within the next 10 minutes, the creature can roll the die and add the number roll to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw it makes. The creature can wait until after it rolls the d20 before deciding to use the bardic inspiration die, but must decide before the DM says whether the roll succeeds or fails. Once the bardic inspiration die is rolled, it is lost. The creature can have only one bardic inspiration die at a time. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, uh, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so basically okay. I get a d6 on an ability or an attack or a saving throw. You're inspired. I'm inspired to not hit <laughs> him in the face right now. She's inspired by her rage yeah, towards pretty, Gunner. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> All right. So that is Gunner's turn, and we are back to Vez. So channeling this new found rage and bardic inspiration that she has, she makes like just straight up angry, very angry eye contact with the big guy. And he sort of notices that she's not really as pretty as she was originally. In fact, she's not really pretty at all. <laughs> um, and she kind of has taken on a little bit more of a little more pale with like she has made her eyes red to be more intimidating. And it's more just her expressing her anger versus anything else but he's the only one that can see it and she's just mad so this yeah, is how my, she's it, decided to manifest that in my mind her face just becomes like that that girl from the grudge yeah no, not the grudge the ring that's <laughs> what movie i'm thinking about the very angry sulky face yes she's mad and the staff is flying and we'll see what it can do so the first one Oh, yuck. Um, hmm. I don't even know if it's worth using the bardic inspiration on that. <laughs> so that was a two. Oh, no. On the die. Oh, no. Did you say if he was wearing armor or not? Um, he is not wearing any armor. Hmm. Six, that puts me at seven. I'll just, we'll just try it. Let's see what happens. If I whiff it, I whiff it, but I gave it all I got. <laughs> That's a five. So, what, that's 12, maybe? Yep, that will hit. Ha-ha! Good job, Gunner. <laughs> Yay. And then, wow, I'm doing really good. So that's a three on the die, plus the three. So that's six damage, and it's non-lethal. She just wants to drop him. She don't want to kill him. But I don't okay. think that's going to do it anyways. Yeah, so you smack him in the chest, and he kind of... Oof! Uh, bends over when you hit him. And then she will strike again. If I can roll on my... 
Okay, so that is going to be 18. An 18 to hit. That will hit. Woo. Ah, and then that is six. Wow. Her her fist just did as much damage as her staff did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so you go and you punch him right in the nose, and he starts bleeding profusely. You feel like you probably broke his nose with that punch. Monks so are scary with really their fists. Really thin guy. Are you, sorry. Oh. Are you don't have to turn, Janelle. Uh, yeah. Okay. So then we're on to the thin guy. He is going to turn tail, and he is just going to book it down the street. This isn't what I wanted. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, twig. What a guy. Yeah, and he he just runs away. Uh, leaving Bonebreaker behind. And Bonebreaker is looking around with a confused look as they're trying to cradle their shattered nose. That's on to Aegon. You've witnessed most of the fight. There's only one combatant standing now. Yeah, and I think Aegon's just going to kind of shout over everything. I think it might be a good idea if you just left now. <laughs> okay, why don't you give me a persuasion check? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, that is a 14 plus my charisma of 3, 17. Okay. So yeah, uh, the big guy looks over at you and says, All right, that sounds fair to me. <laughs> are, we, are we good? Yes, that sounds very good. Okay. And he, uh, he grabs <laughs> the dwarf and he says, I'm just going to go now. <laughs> it's good. And he just uh, drags his friend away. It's good meeting you. Maybe we could do a, a, a sideshow sometime. Okay, bye. Yeah, next time you're in the bar, drinks are on me. <laughs> what, what a nice guy. You know, I, I think I think we should have him join the group sometime. Uh, Yeah, and as they go, Vez turns around and just like open hand, just like smacks you very hard. Doesn't really do any damage, but it makes a point. Gunner falls to the ground. <laughs> oh, ow, that's really hurt. Oh, and after she does this, um, before he looks like that split second as he's falling and she like regains her self, she changes her face back, realizing that she does not look like she did a few minutes ago when they last saw her. Wait, wait, wait. Does Gunner see it though? Roll. We'll see. I don't know. What do you? How do you want to do that, Josh? Um, again, I don't do roll off, so you just you get to the decide. Janelle, you decide if he sees it or not. I think he does for like the split second right before she punches him. But I think by the time he looks back up at her, her face is normal again. So mm -hmm. he has to kind of decide if he like, like visualized her rage momentarily or not, whatever mm -hmm. was going on. But she's back to normal by the time he's like looking up as he's on the ground. Ow, that's really hurt. Mm hmm. Theo, hearing Gunner get to the ground, turns around quickly. He's like all, you know, muscled up and freaking <laughs> out, about to hit somebody, and goes, "What? A, what?" A? He doesn't see anything happen, and, and then he looks down at himself. He actually looks like he's almost steaming, or like smoke's almost coming from him, and he freaks out real quick and like pats his arms, and says, "Ah, oh, Gunner, don't do that again!" And then walks off really quickly, all, all scared, like for some reason. Ooh, that's a big teapot. And, and Gunner stands up, pats himself down. Well, I think they won't be bothering us again. 
I think we, uh, I think we made our point. And Gunnar looks very, uh, looks very proud of himself. He gets a glare, and she just walks away from him. Like, she's so done with him right now. Jasper feels a tugging at his cloak, and he looks down, and the cat's back. <laughs> Two is sniffing the cat's butt. <laughs> I, I also think Gunnar sheepishly approaches Aogon. So, uh... I know what I did was a bit controversial, but uh, I'm pretty sure maybe one of my ribs are cracked, so... Huh? (laughs) I think that that is a valuable lesson for you to learn. Oh, but I think it is uh, digging into into the rest of my body, and I think I might be bleeding internally. Well, if anything comes up... Know that I will be the first one to help you out. Oh, and I'll pat, <laughs> pat Gunner on the shoulder. Oh, ow, oh, oh, ow. Okay. And uh, kind of walk walk by him. Oh. <laughs> so you guys collect yourselves, and you kind of finish skirting around the town square, and you make your way out the front gates of Brimpton. And as you walk out into the countryside, you can see the fields like laid out in front of you. And you follow the dirt road out of town um, as the buildings begin to thin out as you kind of get further into the countryside. And after you walk for probably about 10 minutes of your your little trip, you know, some of you are still nursing your, your injuries. Uh, Jasper has the cat on his shoulder, even though he probably doesn't really want it there. Keep the it dog away. It doesn't seem away. like it wants to leave. And as you continue forward... You can see some shapes lounging on the ground up ahead, slightly off the road, kind of near one of the cobblestone walls, blocking the fields off from the road. As you get closer, one of the shapes on the ground looks up, and you can see that it is a grayish wolf. And it just looks in your direction and maintains eye contact with you as you get within about 100 feet of it. How odd. You don't usually see wolves out uh... This close to town? Theo looks at Tuo and says, Ochi, and tries to calm him down. He's starting to get riled up seeing other dogs. Yeah, your dog's getting kind of aggressive, like making himself look bigger, kind of walking in front of you to get between you and the other wolves. Tuo, Ochi, Koma. Isaiah's a friendly kind. I hope so. Um, do you think it's safe to continue to approach? Can Theo do a uh, nature check, maybe, to, to to ascertain maybe because he's in the woods before he's he's worked yeah, out there. Yeah, give me a, give me a nature check. Just trying to ascertain what's the uh, what's the intent here. How docile are the wolves? That's a thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So yeah, you know that the wolves in the Volthrin area tend to not be very aggressive. You know. People tell stories about people getting attacked by wolves on the road or people meeting their misfortune at the jaws of a very hungry monster. But in general, the wolves are more afraid of people than people are of the wolves. So you feel like if you guys approach as a group and make some noise, they'll probably trot off. They don't look thin or hungry, so you feel like they're probably not very interested in you at all. Don't worry, Fez. They're healthy pups. They're not interested in food. Just keep together, and we'll just keep moving. Follow my lead. Ha! Gunner! Good one! Make me laugh so loud! Ha 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 
As you guys walk forward and you're making some noise, the wolves, one by one, kind of like slowly trot through a gap in the cobblestone wall and they make their way into one of the adjacent fields. And they look back at you for a little bit as you walk by, but then they they lose interest and they just kind of lay down in the field. <laughs> oh, I do, I do like that idea. At some point, we should probably just chill out for a moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, we've wasted too much time. No, not, not not right now, but at some point. So you continue onward until you finish following the innkeeper's directions, which lead you to a small thatched roof home at the edge of one of the cattle fields, in which you can see the cattle from earlier today are now peacefully grazing again. Vez gets a very strong feeling that the one that hit her is staring at her as she comes up to the door. Yeah, she's giving some cows some side eye. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are at the, the farmer's home. Um, are there any windows we can peek in? Yes, there there's some windows you can peek in. Can I, do I like, I'm just going to go peek. You may, you may not want to because there is light coming from inside the home. Like there's someone inside the home right now. Oh. Because you remember, you're coming here to talk to Rebecca, Farmer Rolf's wife. And suspiciously, possibly, Richard's ex. We don't know yet. Don't know if they're the same Rebecca's. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she kind of looks at the guys and uh, looks at Aegon and like kind of motions for him to go knock on the door. She feels like that would be the safest <laughs> at this moment. And Aegon will nod to her and kind of walk up and knock on the door. All right, so you knock, and after a few seconds, the door swings open, and you see a uh, a human woman answer the door. She looks like she's about in her 50s, uh, kind of well-worn, but, like, strong. Like someone who's used to working in the fields and forcibly wrangling the cows into their pens. Um, she's got her hair is kind of brown. It's got some streaks of gray in it, and she's got, like, the, a weathered, slightly wrinkled face. But she's got a very kind smile when she opens the door and says, Oh, well, he hello there. Uh, to what do I owe this this company? Well, good afternoon there, miss. We, uh... Oh! <laughs> oh, sorry, you look like a, de you look like a devil. Yes, I, I get that a lot. Um, yeah, I can assure horns, you, though, I, I, and... I'm a great, great man. Oh, no, uh... I, 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 can, I can see that you've got the, the robes of the church. Yes. Uh, we, we were looking around uh, for Farmer Rolf. We we were told to find him in town, and he wasn't at the uh, at the tavern that they said he'd be at. So we came here. He, he wasn't at the tavern. No, we we did not. We, we didn't find him there, at least. Well, the the other farmers came by and sa said he was. The the cattle escaped this morning, and I, I presumed he was just getting a late start. Right, they're the ones that sent us to the tavern looking for him in the first place. Oh. Well, this is a very... Very strange. I did not expect to answer my door this morning and... Have some strangers come up and just tell me my husband wasn't at the tavern. Are you... Are you... Is this, is this, a, is this a prank? <laughs> did the farmers uh, put you up to this? No. no did, uh, did, did Richard put you up to this? That's who it was, wasn't it? R Richard? Tell him it's been ten years! Oh. He can get over it! <laughs> it is the same, uh. Rebecca. 
well, well, miss, I, I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about with regards to Richard, but... No, we, we're just looking for your husband. Hmm. Well, then per- perhaps she should come in. Come in, come in. And she uh, shuffles in and motions for you to come into the little hut. Okay, and Aegon will step on in. Follow. Yes, pile into this kind of uh, rustic little hut. It's kind of packed, so like two people are sitting in chairs at the table. Someone is uh, edged up close to the bed, and everyone else just sitting on the floor. Uh, the cat jumps off of uh, Jasper's shoulder and begins uh, basking in the sun out the, the window. And she closes the door behind you and turns around and says, So, why is it that a couple of strangers come to my door telling me that my husband is not at the tavern, not in the fields, and is currently, well, checked out, apparently? Why is it we came here to ask you that? Yeah, you don't expect that to just happen. It's weird. Oh, well, the reason we... Like, I didn't even ask a question. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not weird well, in you, any way. You, you if, that's what you're if you guys have social issues, I can understand. Yes. I can work with that. Just we tell do. them straight ahead. It, okay, Some well, make that assumption, because it's true. But also... Some of us, yes. It is. You um, all speak for yourself. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> so, the whole reason we're here is because we were coming to Brimpton, and then... Your cows and some other cows, I guess, I don't know, got loose. I got bodied, knocked out. That was a good experience. And then the the farmers told us to go find your husband to tell him that his cows got out again. And so we went to the tavern to look for your husband, didn't find him there. And then they told us that he might be here. So we came here, and that's pretty much why we're here. Oh, okay. That, I guess that makes sense. So so he's, he's missing then. I guess so, yes. Hmm. Or dead. And uh, she, she sits down and she looks kind of <laughs> concerned now. Or dead. <laughs> yeah, when Jasper says that, she looks over at him and with a kind of a panicked look. Don't say that. Just giving options. <laughs> so, any idea? Does he hang around anywhere else that we might be able to just go look, I guess? Or could you tell him that his cows got out and the farmers are not very happy with him? Well, she looks up and she says she looks a little suspicious now. So why, why are you looking for him then, Destiny? We were trying to be helpful. However, it, 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 clearly it is not appreciated. If I'm being well, honest. No, now I'm suspicious. This feels like a scam. We're we're not asking you for anything. We just we're literally we're. I don't. Nope, you know, it does seem any, it does seem very nobody dumb. Nobody helps anybody if they're not getting paid. It's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> Excuse I said me? It. So, somebody had to say it. You're ridiculous, madam. This is what good people do. We are some of the, the kindest adventurers you will ever meet, and we try our best to be good. Jasper and, chuckles a little. And and we don't do... Stop, you're, stop laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> We do our best, okay? We, as Wes said, we were just walking by, and someone told us to talk to Farmer Ralph. 
and that is the only reason we are here, is to let you know that he was not at the bar and we couldn't find him. If that is not good enough for you, we will be on our way. Okay, why don't you give me a persuasion check? She seems very suspicious of you, because honestly, you'd be pretty suspicious too yeah. if somebody just showed up and said that they were trying to find, like an outsider showed up and said they're looking for your husband because he's lost. Yeah, yeah. that's so fair. So she is rightfully suspicious. I got a, I got a sweet 15. Okay. Uh, she glances in your direction and says, well, all right then. I guess um, Rolf really must be missing then. Is this normal for him? Does he normally just run off? Leaving cows to uh, attack our, uh, you know, random strangers? And she, she says, nope, this is only the second time the cows have escaped. Normally, the tavern, at night, stumbles back home, wakes up in the morning, goes about his duties. Occasionally, he's a little late, but that's about it. He's, he's not a bad man, but no, he... He's normally either in the fields, at the tavern, or home. And if he hasn't been seen at the tavern or at home lately, then I, I don't know where he is. He, he, if he's out in the fields, then still, then something bad must have happened to him. Can I ask you, when was the last time you saw your husband? Yesterday morning. I just presumed he had uh, fallen asleep at the tavern and just went straight to work. Hmm. Do you normally have a lot of wolves in your field? Oh, we see the occasional one, but uh, they know to give us a wide berth. And she uh, gestures, and you see there's a stuffed wolf head mounted on the wall. Well, um... Maybe we should go and check the field and make sure that nothing has happened to him. Yeah, she uh, she leans forward and she says, Well, can I, can I make a suggestion then? Um, if Rolf is missing, then... Maybe maybe you should think about also going to the town guard and getting them in on it. They might be able to help, because the five of you will be a little bit of a trouble for you to explore the field. It's a lot of space. Hmm. Well, I think that Aogon already has some good friendliness with the gods, so maybe we could get him to ask and see if they will help us look. I could certainly do that. Yes, Re- Re- Rebecca, are y- are you at all familiar with any of the guards in the town? Yes, I am quite familiar with the guards. I'm good friends with many of them. Oh, wonderful! Why are you asking? Do you know Stephen? Oh yes, yeah, Stephen. He's very he's very nice. He's so cool. Yes, I know. I always go to him when I need help. You know, you should go to Stephen. Much better than that Richard guy. She looks. She looks up and she says. No, Ri- Richard is not very reliable. I would not, uh, I would not trust him with anything, whether it be getting help finding my husband, or managing your finances, or keeping <laughs> a family together. He's just not worth it. Um. Yes. Well, I think we're going to go talk to the gods then. <laughs> She's like really trying to avoid this very unnecessary, awkward conversation. Again, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you seem to know a lot about him. No. <laughs> yeah, um, Theo wants to be the last one to leave, though. He wants to say something to her. I'm just gonna shake her down, huh? 
I know you know what happened. To <laughs> Empty those pockets. <laughs> God no. <laughs> Walton, fuck. Okay, so Awful. you guys kind of file out, and she says, "Okay, well, thank you. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can get something together to repay you for your kindness. Um, no promises, but if I can, if I can repay you, I will." Uh, Theo turns around at this, being one of the last ones out. He says. He kneels down to make sure they're at level a little bit. No. We were brought here by destiny. We will figure out what's going on because fate told us to. Keep your money. We will do this. <laughs> he stands Whoa. up, turns around, and walks away. And we, uh, the last shot we see before the door closes is her very confused face. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys file out of her hut. It's probably about... Um, like early afternoon now, gonna be lunchtime. I think uh, Theo's stomach's probably growling. I'm dying, Gunner. <laughs> well, why don't we sit down, eat some food, and take a rest? My my side still hurt. Well, you know what? Probably for a reason, huh? Not very heroic, Gunner. I don't know what you're talking about. All I did was assert our dominance in the town. Now, none of those people are going to bother us again. And now, we made a new friend! Bonebreaker seemed lovely. We, we should have him out for dinner. He seems like such a kind person. You know what's also funny, Gunner? My nose still really hurts where I got punched in the face because somebody couldn't control themselves. And she turns away again <laughs> and, like, continues walking. So, Vez, you, uh... You turn to lead them away from the from the hut, and in the about a hundred feet away, you see a figure duck behind a nearby tree. Oh, that was suspicious. Did anybody else see the person duck behind the tree? I I didn't see anything. What? I didn't see anything. Cool. Well, Gunner got to make the last decision, so now it's my turn. I want to go check out who's behind the tree. <laughs> Gunner, if you try to shy away, I will actually deck you in the face this time and drag you with me. Yes, don't don't attack the tree, Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> G- Gunner puts his short sword away. But why would I do that? that? That doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. Don't 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 look at what's in my hand. Do do what you're doing. Put the axe down. <laughs> Fine. I wasn't going to chop it down for its fruit or anything. So, cautiously, she, I guess, leads them towards the tree that she saw the person try to duck out behind. Yeah, so you lead the group over to the tree, and sure enough, you look around the tree and you see the serving girl um, staring right back at you. Uh, but this time, she actually looks terrified at being discovered. Vez literally says nothing, just like stares at her. <laughs> She's just kind of done. <laughs> she looks at back to her party and then just looks back at the girl waiting for somebody to say something. Theo's looking for fruit. Gunner charges the tree. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, he runs up and he does kind of like do a karate chop in the tree just to kind of be funny. Ha ha! See, I, I did it. Oh, hello. And I... She, she's the only person she's looking at is Vez, and she kind of looks like she's starting to shake a little bit. And she just says, y- You should go. 
I'll cast Charm Person on her. Hmm. She's and she. So yeah. So you're doing that, and she looks at Vaz again and says, "You you should go." And so Jasper's going to cast Charm Person. What is that going to do to her? So basically, Charm Person, you attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. It must make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. If it fails the saving throw, it is charmed by you until the spell ends or until you and your companions do anything harmful to it. The Charmed Person regard, creature regards you as friendly acquaintance. When the spell ends, the creature knows it is charmed by you. It has got a 30-foot range and lasts one hour. Okay, so you're going to walk up and you're going to try to charm her. So she's going to make her saving throw. That is going to be a 17. (laughs) She passed. So you cast this and as soon as you use your magic, she lets out a blood-curling scream and clutches her head and starts to just like starts to like bend over and like stumble back and she looks up at you guys wide-eyed with a terrified look on her face as her veins all suddenly turn black across her arms neck and face and begin to press up against the skin from underneath like some tendrils trying to press out from beneath the skin and her scream slowly morphs into a horrifying guttural roar as she pulls out a kitchen knife from under her dress and charges towards you. hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it and our other episodes with your friends family and co-workers your boss if you're daring visit our website to find your copy of a DD quick starter guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description there we discuss episodes dungeons and dragons and stem topics that we all love thanks again for listening we can't wait to see you here at applied dungeoneering Some of the background music and ambience in this episode is from Sirenscape. Enhance your gaming table at sirenscape.com. The songs Country Village and Waterkeep are from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.